0: What's up, gang? Hope you've had a chance to catch your breath after this last week. Hell yeah, what a week. I mean, I think everyone's killing it, right? So you don't want to butter your own bread here, but I mean, things that we said were going to happen have kind of started to happen a little bit, right? Tesla's taking back off, stealing the headlines yet again. There's some other stuff we'll get to, of course, but stealing the headlines again, Tesla Stock is on fire, crossed, uh, hit another high today, 12 something, I think it closed at 12.08 or some something, and it was at 12.20, I'm coming at you Tuesday evening, I mean, <clears throat> again, Tesla on an unprecedented run, it's feeling like 2020 all over again, it's, it's pulling to 2020, but we kept saying how you had a chance to buy it, you know, it was trading sideways for a long time, good six months. Of opportunity there and and now the rocket ship's taken off and uh, I think about two weeks ago we talked about that cup handle forming around that 800-900 price and the last time that happened it was at 450 went to 900 so we were saying high 8's 900 I think on that episode I was like it should go over 12 around 13 it should start to cool off Uh, so I think we'll see it go a little bit further still before we see a little bit cool off should see a cool off I mean of course long term this is expected. You know, I want it, it's going to I see it much higher than even 1200, 1300. Kathy Woods price targets 3000, so I'll go ahead and stay in line with that. So until we're over 3000, you know, <clears throat> we're not thinking of anything else. But even at 3000, I just feel like Tesla's such a company that's going to take over the world in a lot of ways. It's kind of creepy to be honest, but I don't see how they're not especially with the power grid stuff like that was a big reason why the stock was popping today like seven eight percent they're opening up supercharger stations that are universal that's been one of the big complaints about teslas for a long time is oh i can't charge it except i have to have a tesla charger well now now you can uh you can charge any ev at their supercharger stations they, they put up 10 of them i believe in the netherlands um so that'll i'm sure that'll go great that'll expand. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. because you think about it, if Tesla does the things that we think they're going to do with the power grid, it's kind of like they're going to be like the Apple of cars, but also be the Exxon Mobil because they're going to own the charging stations and the power supply. <laughs> so it'd be like if Exxon Mobil was also making the hippest... Best-selling vehicles that had the best technology and the best AI and the best batteries. It's like it like the list goes on and on, and then we talk about you know all the time about all of the other companies associated with Tesla and Elon Musk, <clears throat> mainly SpaceX, and just how 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 big that's going to be. Again, we can't get a piece of it yet. We're not rich enough. We're not one of those super privileged billionaires that can be private investors of SpaceX. All we can hope for is. We can buy Google stock because, again, they own a piece of SpaceX. We'll keep talking about it, keep reiterating it. I picked up a little more Google stock this week. Um, <clears throat> but, anyways, there was also a, 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 an article that came out this week, too, about Tesla releasing a phone eventually, like the Model Pi. Like, well, I don't know how serious that is, but hey. Why not? It's harder to make money on an EV than it is a cell phone. So I don't see why Tesla couldn't do that. Think about it. If SpaceX already owns Starlink, why not? If they already have all those satellites put up in the air, they already have, they're building their own network right now via SpaceX. So it actually kind of makes perfect sense for Tesla to make a smartphone. And think of how much money Apple has made on the iPhone. I mean, Apple's biggest gainer, biggest, their biggest money maker is the iPhone. Yeah, MacBooks are great and everything. But let's be honest. Their biggest revenue drivers is, is are the phones. Imagine if Tesla made a phone, and it ran on the Starlink satellites. I mean, it wouldn't even be that hard for them to do that. I don't see why not. They already have like factories everywhere. They have like all the money on the planet. Elon has private investors for days. Tesla keeps making shitloads of money. He can sell off stock for projects. He can also sell off stock to solve world hunger, according to the UN. Right? That was a, that's the thing that's been circulating. The UN I don't know who said this exact number, but initially it was 6 billion, then they got called out on it. The UN World Food Program basically saying that 6 billion if Elon sold 2% of his net worth or gave away 2% of his net worth, 6 billion dollars it would solve world hunger and then some guy on twitter (laughs) i forget who it was some doctor of some some doctor of something called him out and said well if six billion dollars can solve world hunger then why didn't your 8.2 billion dollars you raised in 2020 do the trick and it kind of goes to show you how much corruption there is even at the u.n (laughs) level like like the red cross is corrupt and like I've heard stories about uh, like stand up to cancer being corrupt and all that. It's like a lot of these charitable organizations being a little, uh, little grifty, you know. <clears throat> and Elon kind of called them out on it. He said, "Okay, fine. If this is if this is true, I'll sell the Tesla stock right now. If you can prove how you can spend the money, and it has to be open source accounting, so the public knows exactly how you're spending it." So you can't do any of these like, you know, massive salaries. And you look at like a lot of the corporate people or like the the people on the board of like big charitable organizations or CEOs of charitable organizations. Their salaries are massive, and you're like, wait, I thought you were a charity. Why are you making this much money? Same with the UN. So Elon's calling them out, being like, okay, fine, you can have the money if you can prove how you're going to spend it, and not only do that publicly, keep it public, how you're going to spend the six billion dollars. So far, the U.N. has just stumbled and not answered really back in any way because they know that they can't. I'm sure they'll find a way, and then Elon's not going to do it. But I do like that he said he would sell the stock because people always think that because, yes, I know these billionaires are worth so crazy crazy amounts of money, but it's not cash in the bank account. I'm not saying they're not worth tons of money. Obviously, they are, but it's not cash in the account. It's in stock. So Elon's worth 20 22% of Tesla, whatever it is. I think it's around that number, so whatever Tesla's net, whatever Tesla's market cap is, twenty two percent of that's Elon. So right now he's like what? I think he's approaching three hundred billion something, something crazy, or over three hundred billion. It's some, but he's by far the richest man in the world now. And again, like we've talked about in previous weeks, that doesn't even include his private companies. So he's already the richest man in the world just off the one public company that he has. Anyways. I just love that he trolls him on this and calls him out cuz there is a lot of bullshit. Now again, I like that he said he was going to sell the stock because like I was just trying to make the point of That money's just not cash sitting in the account, it's in stock. So even if he was to sell it all, the stock would crash by like a lot, like probably 50% or more if he was to do it. So he'd lose half his net worth just turning it into cash. Again, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's, you know, I'm not going a sob story for Elon here. He's got tons of money. But it's just in stock. That's why they do it periodically. That's why you'll see, like, if you look up, I forget. I know there's websites that track it. But you can look up, like, Amazon stock sales from Bezos. Bezos. Jeff, the Bees. You can look up his stock sales. And he'll randomly do, like, a billion dollars, two billion dollars, five billion dollars. I mean, it's still crazy amounts of money. You're like, what the fuck are you spending your money on, dude? How are you you're, you're spending, you're doing stock sales of how many millions? And then you'll see a lot of, like, gifting ones. Like, you can see where he's giving away, like, millions of dollars of shares to whoever. Um, But, yeah, that's all. You can look all that stuff up. But they do it periodically because you do it all at once, it would crash the stuff. And then you would lose your net worth just in doing it. Um, But I don't want to beat a dead horse with Tesla. Look, man, we all know I'm long-term. The stock, it's my biggest holding. I spent all this year, I bought a couple of shares and it was down. Like when it took a beating and went down to 550, I bought some. When it was in the 600, I bought some just because I was like, man, it seems pretty low. So I I, I just added some at those levels. But I stayed away from buying Tesla stock most of this year because I have a, I have enough, I felt. And so I think now I haven't looked recently what percentage of the portfolio, my portfolio it is. But I think it's back up to like almost 40% of my portfolio. And I had it down to like 27%. Cause I was trying to buy other stocks to balance it out, like putting more money in square Palo Alto networks, Nvidia, things like that, even throwing more at Apple, Google and things. So it's like, I was trying to balance it out and then Tesla just wanted to tear again. I haven't sold any of my stocks, uh, anything else. I've just been adding it to them and then Tesla wanted to tear. And now it's back up to like being this big chunk of my portfolio. I'm not complaining, but I'm like, shit, I got to catch up to it again. Um, I'm just going to keep holding it for at least another five, ten years, at least five, but really ten and and beyond, to be honest with you, because I just see them going next level with what they're going to do with, like I said, everyone's going to be wanting to drive my Tesla. Everyone's going to want to have a Tesla phone when it comes out, going to run on Starlink. They're going to run the power grids, Tesla home batteries. I mean, it's just endless. In the same vein, Novonix Shout out people that have been riding the Novonics train. I had a lot of people write me messages uh, saying thanks for the tip on Novonics from this year. A lot of people bought it at like in the low three dollar range, so almost everyone that I know bought it. it's got to be close to up a hundred percent, if not more. So I'm glad. Um, you know, don't ever blindly follow anyone because you know you 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 don't blindly follow someone because when things hit the fan, you're going to be like, Oh shit. And you're going to question everything. And you're not gonna be able to reach that person and be like, Hey, what's going on. But when you, when you invest in something for your own reasons, it becomes a lot easier to weather the storm because you believe in it. So I'm glad that people not only like, uh, you know, heard that and took it to heart, but you know, hopefully did it for those reasons. (laughs) I think that they did. So, and, and people have asked me if they should sell, uh, I don't think so. I think, again, it's gonna. it tends to move with Tesla. It's going to ride this EV wave. And I think it's going to eventually get added to a major index. It's just been killing it. I think that's part of the reason why it might be trading pretty high over the last few weeks, uh, months now. Um, really since the midsummer. Getting added to a major index. Companies like Tesla acquiring pieces of them. If not, another company like Philips 66, like they already did. Um, <clears throat> and then they're getting into battery manufacturing. They're going to, or mining, not manufacturing, they're getting into battery mining. So that's another big reason why the stock's been taken off. So I, I'm still going to hang on to it. Like it's going to be with the EV boom. So I'm holding on to it with that over the next five to 10 years. So don't see that slowing down. I'm going to stick with it. So I advise you the same. It's just fun to catch a stock early, you know? And again, it kind of, it's like those things where, you know, people hear these stories all the time of like, oh man, if I bought Apple in 2008, it'd be worth X amount of dollars now. And people say that like it's easy to hold it through that whole time, you know, but this is why I'm trying to say the point I'm making with Novonics or things like Tesla is, you know, holding it for the long, that's when you see those crazy numbers. A lot of people will be like, oh sweet, I made my 50%, my 75%, my 100%. Now again, not complaining, that's great money. You're doubling your money. You're making good returns more than a bank would ever give you. But to do the real like fuck you money, right? That's what we're going for here. To do that, you know, holding it for that period of time. It's like don't not cashing out like even even people who I feel like who cashed out on Tesla two weeks ago. Yeah, cool. You made your 30% in a recent, uh, you know, in a, run, a, a quick run up or something. But if you just stay long in the stock and just take your opportunities to buy it when it takes a hit and just stay in it, you're way better off. And then before you know it, <clears throat> you're making these numbers really like, holy shit, I didn't really like I again, I was going through some stuff today and just seeing like what what uh, amounts I have in certain stocks. And I'm just like, it's kind of mind blowing still um, sometimes to be like, wow, I don't I don't think I put near that much money in these stocks. And you kind of did not because you see the gains make a lot of do a lot of the work for you. Um, so, and more and more people are starting to realize that. So I, I it's cool to see people write it and say stuff, say stuff like that. So congrats. If you bought that Novonix, hang on to it. Um, I wanted to mention this quickly just cause I saw it this morning. I've become, I've become that person that turns on CNBC in the morning. Uh, how gross I make fun of boomers all the time, but I realize I'm becoming one more and more. I'm 34. Uh, I know I've always had an old man soul. I know that, but I make fun of boomers a lot. And I think it's, it really is out of jealousy. I'm jealous of the life they got to live. They got to take advantage of just like insane economic times. Um, both with real estate and the stock market and the labor market. I mean, just endless, just endless, no real uh political strife no real wars uh i mean so i i i get mad because I'm jealous but i realize i because i want i want that life because I realize I'm an old person stuck inside this body right <clears throat> but I'm becoming a boomer more and more because then I've got c n b c on in the morning and uh again, I like to just absorb everything, you know, some things I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'll like, Ooh, that's a good point. Even if it's, a, even if it's against something that I own, look, I'll, I'll tell you, I love a good argument and I love to hear something against something I own. If it's a good argument, I want to hear like, Hey, you know, poke a hole in my dream sometimes here. I want to be brought down to earth sometimes. So I like that. And I like when they say things I agree with, so I'm like, all right, that's good news. I, I just feel like, and of course there's bullshit. I like to see where they're like, Oh, that guy's full of shit. I think that guy's lying here or I think he's wrong. It's fun to it's fun to do all that. So I, I like leaving it on now. Um, but I caught. <clears throat> I've always loved Jim Cramer. Um, people go hot and cold on him. He does flip flop on things sometimes, but they all do. I just think he's he's been in the game long enough, and I feel like he's he's been right consistently enough <clears throat> for me to not get mad at him. And I've never lost money. I don't again. Don't follow people blindly, but. This morning, he casually mentioned how Palo Alto Networks is better than CrowdStrike. And I've been saying that for a long time. Um, Again, both great companies, but Palo Alto Networks trades at such a value. I know it's a higher stock price than CrowdStrike, but it's a smaller market cap. Look at the price to earnings. Look at the price to sales. Palo Alto is a better, better value play. It's a stronger company with more services, both in the cloud and with cybersecurity. So stick with them. I'm looking to buy more shares of Palo Alto when I can. Sub 500, last I bought was sub 400, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, so I got to deal with it. So maybe sub 5, we'll look at getting some. Um, Then I came across an article a couple of weeks ago, uh, I forgot to mention it last week, so I will this week with Palo Alto, Newsweek named palo alto networks the number one place to work i don't know how they rate that i'm sure the employees have something to do with that they can't just go out there and blindly say that i'm sure there's a process newsweek's always been pretty good about these rating these ranking things at least i've noticed that over the years with random stuff that they've done they seem to do a pretty good job of it um but yeah newsweek names palo alto networks the number one place to work which is awesome because as an investor that tells me that people like going to work there and they're going to work harder and, and they're going to retain their talent, which is one of the most important things in Silicon Valley, retaining talent. A lot of people would argue that some of these companies kill a lot of the good talent because they retain them. They give them such cush jobs and cush lifestyles that they don't become the entrepreneurs that could eventually dethrone them, Right. Like, I think I saw an old Elon tweet uh, kind of addressing that. Oh, no, it wasn't him. He was replying to someone's tweet. Someone had tweeted, like, Google's biggest um, crime is basically destroying a lot of talent by giving them a good lifestyles and um, not letting them become the hundred entrepreneurs. Basically what I just said. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm not saying the tweet exactly. But basically saying how Google entrapped a lot of people into good lifestyles so they wouldn't become entrepreneurs and dethrone them. Just being like, hey, just stay working for us. Here's a half million dollars a year. Oh, you want to leave? Ah, make it a million. Oh, you still want to leave? Ah, make it 1.5. Like, what do we need to keep you around? Right? Whatever we can do to keep you from going off and becoming our competitor. And Elon replied to that by saying like, Silicon Valley's where a, a, like a lot of the good, the best companies is where talent goes to die, because they just go there and they get their good job, they get their, you know, they fall into the lifestyle. I totally get that, right? It's true. Like when you're comfortable, you don't really chase your dreams as much. Like when shit's up, against, when you're up against the fan, up against the fan, when you're up against the wall, when shit hits the fan, when you and you're up against the wall, that's when you kind of are really motivated, right? That's when you're like, ah, oh, shit. I need to get it together. What can I do to 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 advance myself? Like, what am I doing wrong here? <clears throat> um, but yeah. So hopefully, Palo Alto is not going to have that problem because people like to work there. No one's going to leave. They're going to stay there and enjoy it. And we all know that. Hey, the more you, when you like your boss, you want to stay there. Simple as that, right? Um. Moving on. Someone wanted to ask me my thoughts on Rivian, so I'll address it. I think Rivian's going to be decent. In, in as far as the the space of EVs, I'll also address Lucid. I got some questions about Lucid this week, uh, so I'll address them both. Rivian, I think, will have a decent... Their truck looks badass, I'm not going to lie. And the fact that Rivian's backed by Amazon gives me some belief that they're going to do pretty, w- pretty okay. <laughs> um, they got big investors, especially when Amazon's behind them. I spend a lot of time on the auto show circuit and the automotive circuit. I've, I've heard about Rivian for years. I've honestly only heard good things. I haven't heard a lot of bad stuff yet. Now, again, they haven't had a vehicle to market, so we'll, we'll see. They've got a lot of private investment, though. They're looking to IPO, and they're going to be bigger than a lot of big auto- automakers out of the gate. Again, Amazon backed, so hey... I'm not going to invest in Rivian. I'm just going to stay with Tesla because I do still think Rivian's technology and margins are years behind Tesla's. I think everyone's is. That's why Tesla's blowing up right now because people are trying to realize that more and more. So I'm just going to stay in line with Tesla. But if you want to explore outside of that, then sure. Lucid, I'm not going to touch in any regard. <clears throat> um, and I also, by the way, I do feel like I get some exposure to Rivian because I have Amazon stock. So I'm like, whatever. I guess I kind of get it that way. Um, and then as far as lucid, I'm not going to touch lucid at all. When I did the video about EVs and Tesla, I kind of addressed this about how lucid people just aren't going to care. Even if they make a better EV, they're not, it's, it doesn't have the the branding, it doesn't have the sex appeal of Tesla. It just doesn't have it. So it doesn't matter what they're going to make. It's the green text messages car. Also, like I make that point just from what I just, you know, that's how I see it. Uh, I joke about it, but it's also what's going to happen truly. But they didn't even from a tech technical standpoint. lucid doesn't have the capability to kind of succeed like basically to get to their goal they want to make three hundred ninety-eight thousand vehicles of uh, a year that's their 2030 goal so not even what tesla did during a pandemic tesla did almost a half million just short of a half million last year 2020 and that was a pre-pandemic goal by the way the pandemic got in the way they shut down for a couple of months for making ventilators and still hit that goal well, almost. They came just short. But it was really, really close. Um, but realists, we can round up for it to a half million easily, for sure, because it was that close. So Lucid has that goal to do that by 2030. They don't have the factory capability to do that right now. They would need more private investment and the stock to take off. They're They're done with private investment. They're a public company now, so you can just buy the stock. So they need the stock to take off. To be able to sell some stock to pay for another factory to make more vehicles. So it just depends. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think the stock's going to take off like that to where they're going to clear that kind of money. And have the kind of margins that Tesla does. I just don't think it's going to happen. If you hey, if you think I'm wrong, by all means. But I just don't believe in, te- in Lucid like I do Tesla. And And again, for the branding mostly... And for that reason, Lucid's not going to be able to sell enough vehicles to make the cash to expand the way they want to. And also, tied to Rivian with Amazon, keep an eye on Amazon. I know they're taking a little bit of a hit right now because they're not expecting their fourth quarter to go as well with holiday shopping because of supply chain problems and all that and shortages. There's a shortage of everything right now. Sucks. Um there's a paper shortage. Local comic book shops are having problems. There's actually a comic book store that opened in my neighborhood in Michigan. Crazy. Uh, this tiny little shop in South Haven. And like, it, uh, it like, I want to, I went through the other day and I wanted to make money. I wanted to support it. Uh, and the guy that owns it actually works at McDonald's, funny enough. Still works there part-time now because he has this comic book shop that he opened with a couple other people that he works with, I believe. But they all made money in the stock market last year while working at McDonald's and had enough money to open a comic book store. But I bring up that story, one, because it's tied up to stocks. Like even these dudes at McDonald's were making like $50, $50 a day, no joke, after tax, but were investing it and made enough money to open a comic book shop. That's why I say investing for everyone. Everyone should be involved at any level because look what it can do for you. Now again, what it's going to do to this comic book shop? Hell, hell, if I know, it's going to. It has a lot of work to go, but hey, everyone's got to start somewhere. And uh, but I bring it up because the paper shortage. I went in there trying to spend money. I wanted to help this place out, but they had, like no comics on the shelf. They had, they had a lot, All the current stuff was nothing I wanted to read, because all the hot stuff they couldn't get a hold of because of the paper shortage, and the shortages of everything. So Amazon. And Apple didn't have as good of earnings as people would have expected and lowered their guidance for Q4, especially Amazon with, with e-commerce. So Amazon's going to take a little bit of a hit recently, but keep an eye on it because the lower it goes, the more you want to load up because like we've talked about in previous episode, Amazon is worth a stock price for Amazon web services alone. Their crowd, their cloud services. So just on that alone, it's worth the stock. So if e-commerce takes a hit, whatever, it's temporary, it'll come back. It's it's not gonna yeah, it's not gonna last. It's it's definitely will come back. And in the meantime, Amazon's gonna make mother money in other stuff, like Rivian, more than likely. And especially with Amazon Web Services. So buy it just for that and just see how low it goes. I mean, as it gets closer to three, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like sub thirty-two hundred. If Amazon goes sub thirty-two, Actually, I last bought it like thirty-two. So maybe this time I like to see it to go to thirty-one. Maybe if we go to thirty-one hundred, I'll come in. You know, low threes, under three thousand. That's where I like to see Amazon for, for loading up a little bit. Um, Airbnb is set to report quarter three on November fourth. That's coming up. So depending on when you listen to this episode, this episode will be out uh, November second. Yeah, at midnight. So keep an eye on that. Airbnb has been running up a little bit. It's been kind of slowly sliding back up, getting close to that 200 mark again. I'd love to see it get back over 200. It's at like 170s, 174, 175. I believe it closed at today. But they report quarter three on November 4th. The stock has been kind of riding up a little bit leading up to it. Usually means good news. Like I've been saying on this show and on social media posts for the last year, If, if Airbnb can beat earnings or uh, can beat expectations and earnings for the next few quarters, we're going to see that stock explode because that people were just doubting it for a long time. It uh, IPO'd in a pandemic. People thought they were going to lose way more money than they did. They didn't think anyone was going to use it during the pandemic. Um, Turns out they were able to kind of show how versatile they were as a business during the pandemic and show how much they can expand and how much they are expanding for more than just travel. Now they're tr- business travel. People want to use it for just staycations basically. And like, um, little like getaways. Like I know in, uh, in Southwest Michigan, all along, like Michigan during the pandemic, people were renting monthly rentals just to get out of their house in Chicago for the month. Cause everyone was working from home. Kids were at home. Um, but anyways, i'm i'm a long-term airbnb just like with a lot of stuff i talk about i'm a definitely a long-term airbnb holder i see that stock doing big things it's a textbook disruptive company so uh keep an eye on that i i haven't bought more shares since i last bought when it was like at 123 it took a, a nice dip over the summer and i was able to come in on it and on my parents account i'm actually jealous I bought a good chunk of uh, Airbnb stock at a really good price in my parents' account. I think I got it at like one twenty something for them. And that's like as low as it went. It's like better than IPO price. The only way you get better prices if you bought it, if you were able to get like the, you were an Airbnb host or an actual IPO, like IPO investor and got it for the $68 IPO price. Cause it, it debuted at like one fifty and it didn't really go back below that price until like this summer, uh, I should have bought more. I bought a little bit for myself, but really bought more for my parents' account. It's like, damn, kind of jealous of that. Oh well, good for them. They'll be glad I did that. Um, speaking of IPOs, I brought this up to a friend. I didn't mean to. I didn't realize that. I forgot that she owns stock in this. Robinhood uh, is below IPO, and it's something I said it on this when it came out I didn't really I never bought Robinhood I kept saying it'd be worth money I knew it would make money I remember guessing the market cap at IPO pretty close I think I hit it within a couple of billion dollars and a reason I said I didn't like it is cuz I just didn't think they were going to expand into the other businesses that were going into the other services that were going to make them money and make them a real competitor other than just like a fee-based brokerage Kind of the same reason why I don't buy Coinbase. Coinbase is just a, I mean, they're doing well and they're like the best service in that realm. But I think they're going to be, if they don't innovate soon into other things, and depending on how Bitcoin, it just depends on how much that becomes used as an actual currency, which I don't think it's going to. I think it's more of a store of value. So until that happens, Coinbase is just a race to the bottom with fees, just like Robinhood is with stocks and i said that before and i'll say it again until they can kind of morph those businesses into things like like for example square square makes more money than just on hey you're at a coffee shop and they have a white chip card reader that's that square gets 2% on they make that's like that's a good chunk of their money but that's like just how they started now at this point now they're like a whole digital bank but they started with that square thing right um so i just don't see The Coinbase's and Robinhoods of the world being able to do that quick enough. So you know, I didn't get into those IPOs. I just kept buying with Square. And same with like reason why I didn't get into a firm yet. I'm still not in a firm. I'm still keeping an eye on it. But again, I've just been buying more shares of Square. I do still want a firm stock. I I'm kind of speculative. They're just again, they made another great partnership this week. They announced a deal with American Airlines. Now you can do. A firm, you can do a buy now, pay later with flights. That'd be an annoying one. I don't know if I'd want to do a buy now, pay later with flights. With some other stuff, maybe with flights, it'd be annoying to be like, man, I'm still paying for that shitty flight to Denver. How many months later? Gross. I don't know if I'd want to do with that, but I know. But for hey, I get it. It could help for a lot of people in a lot of situations, especially for in emergencies. I get it. So that's it's a good partnership, Um, and I realize this too with the firm. Not only are people of lower credit and lower incomes going to want to use it, I'm realizing now that people of means that are, are going to want to use these buy now, pay later services. Because it's free money. And even as, as someone that makes, if you're someone that makes good money, you realize like, hey, always take free money, right? Interest free money, why wouldn't you take it? So even if you don't need, even if you can afford to pay for something outright, if until they put interest on it, why not use it all the time? you're kind of dumb not to. And I'm kind of realizing that myself because I like using it. I'm like, shit, until they put interest on this, I'm going to keep using it. And a lot of my rich friends are doing that too. And I'm sure they're going to do it with cars and bigger ticket items sooner than later. I'm sure that's all coming. Again, I still have my concerns because I think that a firm, they could be aggressive for growth right now. And to do that, they could be lowering their qualifications for how they're approving some of these people for buy now, pay laters basically letting people with lower credit scores use the service because they want to get users to attract more partnerships so if are like look how many users we got you should partner with us because look how many people we got using our service but like a third of them haven't paid back like a third of them are in default basically credit karma did an independent study and looked and basically found out that a lot of these people aren't paying back their shit. So that might affect some things later on down the road. And I think maybe a firm could be tightening those reins eventually, if that does lead to a fallout, which I don't see how it wouldn't, but they could do it after the fact big. Like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to tighten the reins a little bit. I do still think the sector, I mean, the sector has a great growth rate. It's projected for annualized growth of 27% from 2020 to 2025. That's pretty sick. I mean, that's that's kind of in line with the EV numbers we've talked about. Cybersecurity numbers are in that same area. That twenty-five, to the high, that twenty-five to high twenties uh, in percentage uh, compound annual growth. I mean, good numbers. So I'm not in a firm yet. I do still like it because the partnerships, but I do worry about the whole like people not paying their bills on it in the end. And again, I do still think like I have exposure to it via Square. I am still looking to buy a firm. If it goes sub 150, that's when I think I might pick up a few shares. Hopefully that happens. It might happen this week, almost happened today. Uh, and some folks have talked about when Square bought Afterpay, right? Same service as a firm. And Afterpay was an Australian based company that Square bought outright interesting that square bought it versus acquiring it or i mean not, not acquiring it bought it versus um kind of creating their own in-house service that does this but honestly i think they knew they got it for a deal because like with a lot of things when things are purchased it seems crazy at the time but in in, in the end it's it turns out to be a deal and after pay even with the valuation of a firm we're kind of seeing that Afterpay purchase from square might be a deal now square bought Afterpay for 29 billion dollars in an all stock purchase. So they didn't take any cash off the balance sheet. It was a pure stock purchase. $29 billion. A lot of people said that was overpriced. But if we look at the market capitalization of a firm right now, a firm's current market cap is forty two billion dollars. Just over. 42.39 billion dollars. So if after pays in the same ballpark as a firm and uh Square acquired it for twenty nine billion. That's not bad. And Afterpay is an Australian-based company, the leading Australian buy now pay later service. So, I mean, and I've I used Afterpay recently. So it's here in the states now. It'll be reflected in the first quarter of twenty twenty two for Square's earnings. So shoot, if a firm's worth forty three billion dollars, they bought it for twenty nine. Hey, not a bad deal. So I think Square is going to keep, I've been saying this for a while, but I like finding more reasons as to why I believe in something. And that's just another reason to believe in Square. And again, that's another one, sub 250. If you don't have shares, pick some up. I think I might pick some up sub 250. If it goes there, got close again today. Not a lot of like a lot of my stuff and like a lot, I'm sure most people's stuff is near big highs. So it's not less if I'm buying right now, but Square on sub 250, I feel like post a lot of the news that's been coming out a lot of the acquisitions and a lot of the revenue numbers under 250 is a good price on square so that's what i'm looking for we'll see if i get it um i did pick up a small amount of twitter shares this week i'll keep an eye on that because they kind of missed on some earnings and i do think they're going to still be okay in the long run and again they're just connected to jack dorsey ceo of square founder of both companies so i like that um Let's talk about Facebook changing to Meta. I mean, how do you feel about it, folks? Facebook's kind of losing its losing its mind, is it not? It kind of went from being a cool website to being the place where boomers go to scream at each other, myself included. And and I know it's losing big numbers amongst young people. The best thing that Facebook has is Instagram. I mean, thank God it has Instagram and WhatsApp. I do still think Facebook's going to be the, the owner of all social media, though, because if anything comes up big, they can just buy it. They have enough cash to just buy out any hungry social media company that competes with them. So, I don't own Facebook stock, but it's one that I don't own that I praise often. I still think it's going to do fine and make big money. Even with this whole meta change, I know it sounds weird, but so does a lot of the things that Facebook has done over the years. They have seemed to stay one step ahead of the game. They always seem to make money. Um, I think it's funny that they're changing their name from Facebook to Meta because they're basically just trying to like, kind of more or less like distance themselves from their scandals of the past, right? Because they had that whistleblower come out recently calling them out for all this uh election stuff about how they basically didn't care about these hate groups and all this like Russian election meddling, and um. I don't even think that Facebook didn't. Care. I know they didn't care, and it's just so funny that they had they needed a whistleblower to to bring it all out. Like no shit, they didn't care. The whistleblower's whole point was basically that Facebook knew all this stuff was happening with hate groups, and they put they put profits before the consumers. No shit, who doesn't on Wall Street? I keep saying this. Who doesn't do that? You don't think Apple's using children to make iPhones? You're wrong. They are. So sorry, I know they're like the hippie liberal company, but let's be honest, they don't pay taxes either, so sorry, but whatever. That's why we buy the stock, we get our own here, okay? If they're going to cheat, we're going to join them, right? That's the main philosophy, that's the number one, million- that's my number one investing philosophy. It's worked very well. My phone's ringing. Well, it's my brother, we'll call him back. Um, but I think it's funny that Facebook changed the name to Meta to distance themselves from these scandals. They're basically pulling a Kobe. They're going, they're changing their name from number eight to number twenty-four. After Kobe cheated on his wife, and had the alleged rape scandals, he didn't get charged with rape. He did cheat on his wife. The assault charges got dropped, and he bought his wife a four million dollar ring. Not a bad move for her, you know. She's like, all right, fine, I'll take the four million dollar ring. I'm not saying I'm not saying bad, not a bad move for him. I mean, yeah, don't cheat on your wife, dude but he changed his name after all. He didn't change his name. He changed his number from number eight to number 24. Like, Oh yeah, that didn't happen. That was the old Kobe. Like, Oh yeah, we're not, we're not old. We're not Facebook. We're meta. We didn't, we didn't not care about elections in, uh, Nicaragua. We're, we're meta. We didn't care about Russian election meddling. We're, that's not, that was Facebook. We're meta. That's what they're doing, which is kind of funny. Um, and the fact that they're going virtual has, like, again, I don't own Facebook stock, but it's helped stocks that I own, like, NVIDIA went on a tear. Because, again, all this, like, digital stuff, all this virtual world stuff, it's going to need crazy uh, computing power. And who better than that than NVIDIA? The semiconductor makers, the chip makers making the best graphics cards. I mean, that's who you're going to need. I don't have Adobe stock anymore. I wish I, I should have held on to it, but I, I sold it for, to buy t- more Tesla. Not a bad move, right? So... But Adobe, again, another great company that's in that AI space. And I know they're making Photoshop now to include like NFT creation. So like, holy shit, that's going to be huge. I'm still not big on NFTs. I'm sure they're going to make money. I know they make money. I, I'm just not, I just don't understand it. And again, don't invest in things you don't understand. I should just give someone money. I should give a friend of mine who's big into it. I have a buddy who's obsessed with NFTs. I should just give him like $2,000 and just be like, here, just buy some NFT. I don't even care just buy two grand worth of nfts tell me the login so I can look at them whenever you do it but let me know when the two grand is spent and tell me what I got I might actually do that I'm gonna well, check in on me on that I'm gonna that might be me a bet that might not be a bad idea because if someone really wanted to like trust me with stocks I, or I wouldn't say give me the money but I'd say hey buy it now buy it right now do it with this but i would just transfer him I'm like hey i'll set up the account and i'll just give you the password just buy me the nfts and we'll go from there because i do think there's i i don't get it but i know there's money there to be made so i might again I might just do that um a couple more things before we get out of here spotify another stock i'm long term on and lost some money on I thought about selling it when it pops back up, but I do still believe in the stock long-term because I've talked about, I like how they took the Netflix approach of buying a lot of original content and it's starting to pay dividends. This last quarter, they reported earnings. They're profitable for the first time. And hey, we knew what happened to Tesla last time that happened. That was in 2020, being of 2020, and they went on a tear. So Spotify profitable for the first time ever this last quarter. Margins up from 25% to 27%. And their premium subscriptions are up 29%, mainly because they're not paying as much money to record labels because a lot of their a mo- lot more of their money is coming from their own content, aka podcasting. People like you folks for listening to this podcast. I don't have any uh, sponsors on here other than uh, you know like the Waypoint Processing and Earl King Concentrates, who gives me uh, lovely Michigan-made marijuana treats. But, as far as financial, no, but people, even if you're just listening to Spotify, you're helping you're helping them you know with their overall numbers. But the Spotify ad revenue up seventy five percent year over year, so they were a year ago they had a forty million dollar operating loss to now a seventy five million dollar operating income um yeah. And then 2 million euro profit on 2.5 billion euro income using Euros because they are a Swedish based company, for folks that didn't know. I also like that they're Swedish. Hey, I'm Icelandic. Spotify Swedish, close enough. We'll take it. I only own the Swedes for good things, not for bad things. Like if people complain about IKEA, I'm like, fuck them, that's Swedish. But if like I love Spotify, I'm like, yeah, I guess Sweden. That's basically like Iceland. <laughs> I'm a cherry picker, okay? With my Nordic brothers, is what I'm saying. But I still like. I still think Spotify again, as far as the long term, I think that's a company that's going to be like the Netflix of music streaming, right? <clears throat> Apple just seems not to be able to get a grip on that market or care, and every other company just seems to like come and go. So I think that uh, Spotify is in a good place. I'm not buying more shares of Spotify now. I think I, I loaded up enough, but that is a stock I had mentioned in previous episodes when it was lower. To be like, hey, it's taking a beating. I still believe in the long term model. Ark Invest kept buying it, so that's why I kind of said, hey, maybe take a look if you're not in it. I've already had enough, so I'm not buying anymore at the time. But if you did buy, kudos, you're up more than I am on it. Ark Invest, I said, kept buying in it, and another reason too. Another thing I want to talk about. I know a lot of people are invested in the Ark ETFs. Like there's a lot of good ones. Uh, the Arc Innovation Fund, their genomics one, their fintech one, the Next Generation uh, Next Generation Fund. I think oh, that's the Innovation Fund. They have a bunch of them. I used to be invested in the ARC Innovation Fund. I sold out of all of it like at the beginning of the year. I want to say like February time because um, mainly because I started to not agree with everything Kathy Wood was doing. I didn't agree with how she was going heavy into Coinbase and how she was also like going with Robinhood. It was a couple of moves she was making that I just didn't really agree with. And so I got out of the ETFs. I also like don't like, I didn't like having exposure to everything that she was investing in. Uh, Kathy Wood, for those that don't know, the head of ARK Invest, massive uh, New York firm. They're actually moving to Florida. I think they're moving to Tampa. Um. But I got out of the ETFs because I still like a lot of the stocks. Like I still have a lot of, like I still have, uh, obviously Tesla, Square, Nvidia, Spotify, Spotify, Shopify, Zillow. Those are all in the Ark ETFs, uh, all big Ark investments. But I don't own everything that she buys. I don't own. I don't have exposure to everything. Now, I like that just because I, I like tracking Ark Invest. I like seeing what they're doing. But again, don't blindly follow anyone you know but you know see what people are doing and take take tips take advice copy moves here where you like them but not everything so I like seeing what they're up to and seeing what ARK is doing but I don't like doing everything they're doing so I don't like having exposure to everything they're doing so I've had more success just staying in line with the companies I really believe in that are also within that ETF without putting money in the ETF so but on that on that same token that's just because i believe in my own investing theory and i invest in those comp i like that i i just really believe in those companies so it's a mix of the two believing in myself and believing in those companies but i do like those etfs for people that aren't as aggressive or don't believe in themselves as much or aren't as active traders or aren't as active at reading financial news and stuff like that if you just want to be exposed to those industries then yeah then then if you just want to be if you're just a novice investor like hey I've got $500. Where do I put it to do? Fine. Just put it in an ARK Innovation Fund. Put it in the S&P 500 index. Put it in the Invesco. Uh, That's the QQQ. That's a good ETF. I've had people ask me about that one before. I don't own it, but that's a good one. It's like basically a NASDAQ ETF. It's like if you want to just basically invest in technology, which is not a bad move at any time. So... Those are good if you want to be more of like a. If you just want to be more of like hands off approach, don't trust yourself as much. But if you're an active trader, not even active trader. I'm not an active trader. I'm just an active investor. I'm not always making moves. I'm always paying attention. So if you're one of those people, then then don't get in the ETFs. Just pick the ones you like, the stocks you like within it, without having full exposure. But if you want to be a little safer, then go with it. Um. And then lastly, before I get out of here. This was pretty cool. I ended up getting like $200 worth of Webull stocks last week because I got a few people signed up on Webull. They were doing a promotion to get like a good amount of free stocks. Now, I think at any time you sign up for Webull, you get at least like two stocks valued between three and $300 a share. I will say the chance that you get a large stock is not good. I've got probably 20 or 30 free shares of stock from Webull. Only twice have I gotten stocks that were worth more than like $4. And that was both times Ford stock. Where it was like 15 and $16. But it's free money. So even if you get two of the cheaper stocks, it's still a free $8. And it's still a good service. I'm putting more money in Webull. I put a little more money in it this last week. Because I'm looking at maybe making a couple of purchases. At, like again, I'm looking at a firm. I want to invest in a couple of companies that I don't have stock in at the moment. So that's why I want to have a Webull to have like a little more fun with another separate account. Um, and like I said, I like having two accounts to distract myself from one, like my one long-term account. I'm like, cool. Let that just, when I see opportunities, I'll add some, but really that's just like a boring, let it go. The other Webull account I want to play with, have some more fun. And I do like the interface. It is good for less experienced investors, has a better interface than Schwab. I will admit. Um, but so, but the point being, I bring that up. If you want, to get on WeBull, hit me up. I'll send you the link to where you can get free stock. I'll also try to find a way to put it in the bio of this episode. So if you don't see the link to WeBull to sign up in the a link in this episode bio, then just send me a message and I'll send it to you cuz you'll get at least two free stocks for signing up. And if you get a $300 one, let me know cuz that'd be badass. I haven't had someone get that. I did get a $150 share of Google, a fractional share of Google from WeBull this week. Because they were doing a promo where if I got three, if three people signed up under my link, I got $150 share of stock between Apple, Netflix, or Google. I picked Google because hell yeah, why not? Google is a great company. Um, but they do promos like that all the time. So again, I'm getting long winded here with this, but, and I'm going to get out of here. Also my back hurts, uh, Oh, and unrelated to stocks, my boot cast is off. I can finally fly without my boot cast on. I'm going to miss being able to jump in front of the old people with my crutches, though, on planes. That was a real treasure. That was great. I'm going to miss being able to use the motorized cart at the grocery store and be a dick about it. Time of my life, not going to lie. But every other time on the crutches, not worth it. Super sucked. But no longer with it, which is great because I got to fly to Phoenix this weekend which will be also great because it's cold in Michigan. It's like high 80 degrees in the desert. Uh, But if you want Webull, check the promo code on the the link, not promo code, but I'll put the link in the bottom of this episode. If it's not there, just send me a message. So get out there and, uh, I don't know, buy Tesla already. Jeez.